<laughs> is that the chair or your joints? <laughs> my shoe. Well, the, the creak was the chair. The My shoe hit the table, but my buckle went <laughs> into my foot. God dang Birkenstocks. <laughs> oh. Well, here we are. Can I get a one more time? Yeah. <laughs> one more time. One more, one time. more time. Listeners, uh, we had, we recorded our group episode. We were ready to go. I just burped a little bit. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> That's we how were, ready to go we are. We are so ready. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, we were ready to go. Everything was Gucci. And then um, the new platform that we're using, which is giving us better sound quality, decided to just shut down out of nowhere so all i can say is wes cue the circus music (laughs) because this happens to us more often than not so it's been a minute though it has been a minute but i mean it's us it tracks i'd say i would lie the only thing more sinister than our podcast is not covid it is actually our luck yeah (laughs) our luck with technology retweet um because yeah we all got to learn what C storages. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. C yeah. files on a computer. Learned. You know what? Maybe we didn't learn. I, I don't think I did, but I think, you and Clavin might have. I think Clavin learned. I think Clavin knew and tried to show us. We tried, guys. You know what? It's working now. And you get us for one more time. Here we go. One that was our practice round. Time. Yeah. So. And technically, we didn't hear your whole story. No. And I think. I've blacked out the other part, so I'm yeah. ready to hear it again. <laughs> we literally got to the juicy bit, and then oh. it crashed, so. Yeah. You know what? Okay, better. Better for it. Yes. I'm now- still going to act like I never heard it. I'm yes. gonna My, oh, I have a hair on my lip. I'm going to make the reactions as genuine as possible. <gasps> oh, no. <gasps> what? Well, no, you can, because I didn't even get into the <gasps> okay, parts. I'm- Great. So I'm going to sit here for 10 minutes and just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah. then it's going to be new information, and I'm going to want to die. Yeah, call, we're going to stew. Cool, cool, cool. Stew it up, baby. Stew. Oh. Stew it up. Stew it up. Stew it up. Stew it up. Uh, this is Sinister Sunrise. Yes. I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. And uh, this is Sarah's, a Sarah-sode. Sarah yeah, episode. Sarah-sode. Like Sarah Soda. Ooh, Sarah Ooh. loves a soda. <laughs> we, who doesn't? Well, who? some people, but don't. Me oh, drinking this Dr. Pepper that you gave me, I'm, it's going to get me later. Whew. On that note. <laughs> A not a DC. Here we go. Well, actually, no. On that note, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Um, Wes, can you use your beautiful booming voice to mm-hmm. make a announcement at the top of this episode for me? Um, just want to say that I, Sarasota, Dr. Pepper, <laughs> am not actually a doctor of pepper, um, and I cannot give medical advice. So this show should not make you stop doing anything you're doing. Uh, maybe just read a little more if you're curious. If not, and you feel great, keep on keeping on. I honestly, halfway through the notes, was like, is this too crazy to do? No, I'm doing it. We love it. Yeah. It's I'm bit, here for it. It's a bit crazy. Okay. So, recently, the University of London dropped a bombshell on the psychology community, and that atomic bomb is what inspired my episode today. I will make you wait for just a hot second, though, on what that is. Um, so, my goal for today is to tell you what depression is, theories on why it occurs, and how the theory of chemical imbalance may not be what we think. <sighs> and it begins. <laughs> Here we go. It's a psychology episode and a conspiracy theory episode all rolled into one. Woohoo! I don't know if I like those two, like, coming together. <laughs> I'd call it a cannoli. 
Okay. <gasps> oh, a cannoli conundrum. I'm so a sorry. Cannoli conundrum. Oh. And your dessert for today. I don't like cannoli, Sarah. Hmm. <laughs> well. So maybe you won't like this <laughs> this topic. <laughs> I think maybe no one's gonna like this episode. Yeah. So again, aptly named. Hey, you know what all that matters? We learned something. We did. We learned. You learned a lot, and you're gonna teach us all about what you learned. So I'm yes. I'm ready. <laughs> I almost believe you, and we're going to keep acting like I do. Um, okay, so let's start with the basics. What is depression? Um, the clinical term for it is major depressive disorder. And when most people hear depression, they usually think of the character Sadness from the movie Inside Out, mm-hmm. um, someone who's mopey. Um, while that is a fun-ish cartoon version, that is not what depression is at all. Um, while sadness is involved, it's also having a loss of interest in things that you once loved being overwhelmingly exhausted, experiencing fits of crying, avoiding friends and family, changing eating habits, getting irrationally angry or irritable over things that really wouldn't have bothered this person before. It can also affect someone's sex drive. And according to Hopkins Medicine, it's really, it's taking things that were once pleasurable and making them not enticing. Mm. So some studies have pointed to the fact that someone in a depressive state will have a low self-confidence level, again, while they're in the state. Not overall, but while they're in the state. Depression can lead to increased drinking or drug use, which, again, unfortunately makes sense. Because in order to be considered someone suffering with depression, this mood disorder has to last for at least two successive weeks. And that may not sound like a lot, but that is two weeks of you not being yourself and two weeks of probably not being kind to yourself. So if you're in that state of mind, reaching for drugs or alcohol or anything to make you feel less like what you do now, it makes sense. I don't know. Two weeks. I think I even said this last time, but like, especially when you're sad or bored or like even not just necessarily like so depressed, but like if you're not in your highest of hopes of moods or whatever, like, I mean, an hour can feel like mm-hmm. forever. So mm-hmm. two weeks. Yay. Well, yeah. Time would probably just drag. Yeah. Which is, again, not going to help. That's a long time to feel sad. It yeah. is. And that's the minimum to be considered depressed. Wow. Because again, crazy. it's not like someone comes out of the womb and they're just cursed and depressed for the rest of their life. It's usually like an episode. Something's happening. Something with your body is going on. Mm-hmm. The biggest red flag I've seen, though, is that feeling of apathy. So that feeling of things you once loved just now don't hold interest. Um, for me, that would be not listening to Britney Spears and rolling my eyes at a new alien documentary. <laughs> This ufologist is not entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For Erin, it would be as simple as A, her laying on the couch all day. I've never seen it. And B, whilst being on said couch, not being interested at all in the new Marvel film. That would never happen. (laughs) Could not. (laughs) Unless Marvel made a really bad movie. (laughs) I don't even know if you would think it's a bad movie if Marvel made it. Uh, The stage they're on isn't, you know... The best right now. Ooh. Ooh, we got a hot take. I know. What? Unfortunately. Yeah, I went to see the new Thor movie and I was like, it's fine. Like, I can rewatch it, but it's not like the best at all. So hopefully. See, already said, I'd I'd rewatch it. So hopefully (laughs) phase five is better than phase four. That's all I have to say. Okay. I will keep that in mind. Yes. And to continue on with there will be signs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's see if it was more again. I bet it would be, yeah, seeing an animal need on the side of the road and being like, someone else will get it. That would never happen. Yeah, I was like, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Man, I stopped for turtles. Are you kidding me? Come on. I've, okay, I hate bugs. If there is a worm on the sidewalk and because it, it like recently rained, I do take the time to scooch it into the grass. Oh, wow. Yeah. I hate that's gross, but 
Ugh. What a kind human being you I are. mean, with my with a shoe on. I'm not touching it. Well, yeah, I didn't say you like rolled out a red carpet. I think just a little nudge is good. Did you see the... It's a really old video, but there was... I'm so sorry. This is a big derail. <laughs> there was a dog who would go and pick up worms and put them in the grass. Like, he was... Aww. Just do it. He, like, the owner's like, I never taught him to do it. He would just do it. He would gently pick them up off the sidewalk and then bloop. What a gentle soul. Like, what? Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh. Anyway, sorry. I had oh. to share. Oh, no, you're good. Speaking of worms. <laughs> no, we could use some uplifting on this okay. episode. So thank cool, you. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so the first signs of depression don't have to be anything crazy. Um, like the example I just gave, it's just abnormal for the person experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Another common red flag would be general negativeness. So if you ask someone who's going through a depressive disorder, you know, if they want to go to dinner, they would probably give you a list of five reasons why that would be the worst idea in the history of ideas. You could then pitch a movie. And again, you're going to get a list. Um, someone suffering with depression likely doesn't have a great outlook on their future, which to me is doubly sad when we just talked about like how slow time is passing. Yeah. The scariest red flag and the one that I do want to drive home is reoccurring thoughts of suicide. Anyone who has these, I don't care what else is going on, I need you to go to a doctor. Talk to a nurse, talk to a psychiatrist, talk to anyone that you can be honest with. And if you can't afford a professional or find someone that you like, um, reach out to the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Their number is 800-273-8255. And then there's also, you can call 988. And I think there's even texting abilities, so definitely Mm -hmm. if you're in need, reach out. Yes. Suicide was the 12th leading cause of death in the United States, which I don't want to let that sink in. That is so scary, guys. Um, Even making more jokes about suicide is not normal because most people do not think about it. And I'm not saying that to make anyone feel bad. I'm just saying that because I want everyone to live their best life. So if you're having constant thoughts of suicide and you're trying to work them into jokes in your everyday life, unfortunately, that is not normal. And I want you to get some help. Yep. And also joking about it, if you're even if you're not like yes. if you're having a bad day, like oh I should just go mm-hmm. do that. It's not funny. I mean I know we all slip up, and that is like what we've grown up with with hearing when you're upset. But like again, compare it to something uh, like shitty, not death. Like, yeah. Compare mm-hmm. to like I'd rather be struck by lightning than continue to do this, or I'd rather be whatever. Like I don't know something besides killing yourself. I think on our first time trying to record this episode, we said you should want to pick up dog poop with no Yeah, bag. with your bare hands. Bare hands. Yeah. I did say that. I uh-huh. said I'd rather touch dog shit with my bare hand than do X, Y, Z. Yeah. I don't want to be this person, but I think we're going to get that to catch on. It's it feels fine. pretty trendy, Thank for you. sure. I'd rather just think of dog shit than talk to you. <laughs> bare handed. <laughs> bare handed. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Um. Unfortunately, clinical depression is not something that someone can just, quote, snap out of. If a major life event happens and you are sad or grieving for a few days or weeks, that makes perfect sense. You are allowed to have emotions and feelings. Depression, it's not that. It can affect anyone, um, but researchers have found the highest rates in teenagers, women, pregnant women, which this one usually makes a lot of sense due to hormonal shifts, and people living below the poverty line. Again, it does not happen because an event occurred. This is kind of spontaneous. It's just a mood you get into and then, I hate to say it, it's like a slippery slope. Like you might notice one thing and then life becomes very sad. It's not because of one life event. The issue with depression is diagnosing and treating it. 
So in order to be formally diagnosed with depression, you have to experience at least five of the possible symptoms within a two-week period. And two of those five have to be depressive moods and loss of interest. Also, just to make it a layer more complicated, this mood shift has to have an impact on your life. It could be that it's difficult for you to hold a job or even difficult for you to go to social settings. And then treating it is the other half of the beast. Your doctor may recommend psychotherapy, which is talk therapy. They may also suggest lifestyle changes, you know, make a real effort to exercise more, eat better, or sleep more. And all of those, I'm sure it would be a lot easier if you weren't also battling the weight of depression. Also, thank you for telling me what psychotherapy is because it sounds bad and it's just talk therapy. Yeah. it's I like talk therapy. <laughs> that sounds They nicer. may prescribe talk therapy. Yeah, I like that better. I guess psychotherapy does sound a bit intimidating. Like, mm, mm-hmm. Psycho. <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> That's where my brain goes. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, yes, anyone who has heard they need psychotherapy, it's not bad. It's just talk therapy. You're going to go in. They're going to ask you questions. They probably set it up in certain ways to get certain outcomes. But again, none of it is hurtful. None of it's dangerous. It's good. A doctor may prescribe someone a chemical medication, which can be difficult because everyone is different. So one medication that works for someone may not work for someone else. And there's also different types of medications. Some are going to increase serotonin and nepropinephrine uptakes. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) Not saying that again. <laughs> um, some called TCAs and MOAIs work in a similar fashion to the first, but they're just a little bit stronger. Oh. Currently, 13 to 25% of the American population is taking antidepressants, wow. which is one in four people. Ooh. I mean, that's surprising, but also not surprising. Yeah, I'm like I don't know how shocked. to take that. I'm, I kind of love... <laughs> well, because a lot of antidepressants also work for anti-anxiety meds. Like, they, they kind of cross go over. Mm-hmm. Hand in hand. But, like, good to know that if people really are suffering, that they're getting what they – something that could potentially help them. Yes. People are definitely accepting those options. They're yep. trying to do everything they can to feel better, yep. which I'm all here for. Yes, yes, yes. Get it? Get it. <laughs> Don't pick up that dog shit with no gloves on, Mm-mm. girl. <laughs> Get him. Get what you need. Um – yeah, that'd be so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just dog sat and I uh, could not. Just picturing it. Yes. There is also a class of atypical antidepressants that someone can be described, can be prescribed. And these also work on dopamine and other hormone transmitters. But here's where it gets dicey and conspiracy-y. But I do want to stress just uno mas, one more time, I am not a doctor. I'm a podcaster with a bachelor's degree in psychology. Never touched a medical thing. No. Again, <laughs> I just like to read articles and go down rabbit holes. She's I'm very to, good at that. I'd say I'm closer to a rabbit than a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Hop on down that bunny trail, girl. Tell us about it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So as I teased in the beginning, the University of London just released their systematic review in the field of molecular biology. That's fans. Whatever you just said is fans. Um, super fucking fans. I read the research because I'm a nervous Nancy and I realized how much it sucked to read psychology research again. Oh, yeah. In molecular biology. I was like, bruh. Mm -mm. They don't dumb it down enough for me to read those. It was 15 pages and it took me like, I want to say like an hour. It was a lot of, did I just read that? What does that say? And I had to Google what that meant. Go back. Okay, got it. 
No, wait, go back. I'd be the bitch like highlighting it as I read. Not the important parts, Ooh, just I highlighting printed. it like as I. <laughs> yeah, I did it on this piece of machinery. I should have printed. <laughs> um, but their findings. Mm. So, and here we go. Depression and anxiety may not be linked to a chemical imbalance at all. They did what is called an umbrella review. So they took a ton of already existing research and measured it all up. They looked for trends. And what they found makes me want to cry. Oh, no. They found that there is, quote, no support for the hypothesis that depression is caused by lower levels of serotonin activity or serotonin concentrations, end quote. And mind you, these are the top five molecular psychologists in the UK. So they looked at research where people had been given these meds and were also given placebos, found very little difference. Uh Uh-oh. They looked at experiments in which participants were actually given lower levels of serotonin through diet or other means, and they did not have increased levels of depression or anxiety, which is what you would expect to see if that was connected. I hate that. Yes. And there, heads up, there's a couple quotes in here, all terrifying, and I had to make sure they're exact quotes because I don't, I need you to be scared with me, okay? Okay, those oh, Cheez-Its I, I eat, I'm, I am so nervous. I'm burping and I just smell Cheez-Its. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can also confirm, I don't think Cheez-Its are connected to depression. Okay. Or they, no, they're absolutely the opposite of depression. That just made me so happy, but I'm so nervous that I'm burping cheese now. <sighs> oh my God, they're definitely connected to anxiety. Here we go. They're giving me anxiety. Here we go. It's giving me the burps. <laughs> Anxious burps. Um, okay. The other scary quote in the research states, quote, they don't know what these medications are actually doing. So if you're wondering why I'm not sleeping at night, it's not my insomnia. How terrifying. We actually don't know what they're doing to you. It's a little more terrifying when you know you take them. No, at myself as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Two out of three of us, at least. Uh, Literally add this to the list of reasons I'm probably insufferable to any other human being than you two and Andrew at dinner because he was watching Stranger Things and I was like I need you to pause that I need you to come to the table I have things to discuss and he was like whoa like are you good and I was like absolutely not listen to this listen to this I would be too I'm girl you need it this is your outlet let it out homie outlet let it out also I found out how serotonin levels can be measured which is blood urine plasma and spinal fluid ew yeah. yeah, since spinal fluid has more direct contact with your brain, this would be the best way to test it. But research put or the researchers in this um, study put a nice note in that because of the pain and difficulty of getting to this fluid, and it's just for pure research, those experiences are very hard to come by. Oh, yeah. So just know most of the serotonin levels they measured came from blood or urine. Oh, so something nice, not like Aaron's study where they just give zero Fs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's so like actually good. Yes. People I think that have hearts. They seem to care. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. If I'm being honest, I think it's because um, a lot of this research happened after the, oh, what's it called? That psychology code that came out that was like, hey, you can't just fuck with people for your experiments. They have to actually Ooh. sign off. And Ooh, I know you've said it like yeah. many times. Mm, maybe uh, it'll come to me. Maybe it won't. It's Something's happened. You, yeah. You, but aren't spinal taps like really like terrible like don't they like aren't they supposed to be like really painful the only thing i know it from is exorcism and i watched that far too young because that looked traumatizing yeah i I feel like i never it's supposed to be one of the most painful things yeah well like they said like when you're when anything like when your brain swells and if you get too much pressure where your spinal fluid is like stored near like that like can fuck you up so like i can only imagine like 
got a needle going in there. I don't know. I had a needle in and out of my elbow 12 times, and that alone was, so I can't imagine, like, near your brain. Okay, so everyone, really work out that spine. (laughs) We're going to keep a straight back. Yeah. (laughs) Rotate the neck. Circle, circle. Here's your five-minute break of stretch. (laughs) Roll your neck from the left to the right. Like gym class. Breathe in deeply. Extend your spine. Now back to the crazy. (laughs) Okay, in a press release, one of the main researchers on this project said, and... Heads up, it's a long quote, but it's impactful as fuck. Okay. Quote, patients should not be told that depression is caused by low serotonin or by a chemical imbalance, and they should not be led to believe that antidepressants work by targeting these hypothetical and unproven abnormalities. In particular, the idea that antidepressants work in the same way as insulin for diabetes is completely misleading. We do not understand what antidepressants are doing in the brain exactly, and giving people this sort of misinformation prevents them from making an informed decision about whether or not to take antidepressants, end quote. That was heavy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Um, okay, so why is... <laughs> Sorry, this whole episode, I'm just like, and we're moving. <laughs> So why is this chemical imbalance theory so widely known and accepted? I'm an anxious nerd and wanted to make sure the media isn't spinning content, so I read the research. Um, again, I already talked about this. I already read it. Very boring. You should also read it to make sure you're informed, but um, it's going to put you to sleep. Um, hey, I'm all about a summary. It's, yes. I sound oh, like yeah. I'm getting the best, the best of both worlds here. Not having to read it. And being told what it was in with quotes. Well, okay. So I read it and then I found, because this was such big breaking news, like there was so much information in the study they used. There have been a couple articles written about it that like broke it down and summarized it for me as well, which was very helpful. When was this again? Uh, very recent, like this mm. year. Uh, wow. Bro, so like, sorry if I'm jumping the gun. You can tell me to stop. But like. So did the people who make the medicine not know what it's doing? I feel like they don't care. Here we go. Okay. Before I get there, I do want to say there was some psychiatrists interviewed after this has came out and they were leaving comments like this has turned my view of treatment completely upside down. So the hypothesis that serotonin and other chemicals are out of balance in our brains and that's what's causing depression, was floated in 1965 by a Harvard psychiatrist, Joseph, oh, I should have practiced this name, Schildekrat. Okay. Sounds good enough to me. Yeah. Um, Pretty quickly, the psych community, they weren't convinced, but, and this is a Nicki Minaj-sized but, um, the marketing and pharma (laughs) communities loved it. That was good, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm disappointed you didn't say Megan, but that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> How can any you know what? Nikki can be hated on, but that booty is big. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So the pharma communities and marketing loved it. They loved the simplification of a chemical imbalance and they saw dollar signs. Dollar oh. dollar signs. Of course they did. That's not 100% fair. It's possible some of them saw a chance to help people suffering. But in this moment, I am very angry and will impose my thoughts where I wish. Mm-hmm. Because for the first time, this theory actually gave 
a way that you can help someone physically. Like it's not talk therapy that may take years and years and years. If it is just a chemical imbalance, fantastic. We can make you a pill, get you on it. Mm -hmm. Life is going to be groovy. So I will allow this to be possibly positive until in 2005, two researchers actually got feisty and produced the study titled, quote, serotonin and depression, a disconnect between the advertisements and the scientific literature. And they found some damning evidence. Of course. Oh, yeah. Throughout the late 90s and early 2000s, multi-billion dollar advertising campaigns began. They sold the public miracle antidepressant drugs. They were sold on commercials, talk shows, magazines, everywhere. (laughs) I had watched a TikTok where non-Americans were explaining like weird things about our country. And one was our lawyer advertisements and another was our advertisements for pharmaceutical drugs. I never thought it was nefarious until this episode. Well, and my TikTok knows who I am now. So I also saw something. I didn't research this, so it's not true. Sorry. Um, Explaining part of the reason these studies are so important is because the only studies that really get published in these, like, smart people academic articles are the ones that have positive, like, proving results. So if you only have just a little bit of truth or just a little bit of, like, it didn't really work – probably not going to get in these journals. So whenever you take all of this information, that's when they can say like, hold up, that's not, this is not what you think it is. Sarah, did you say for like the other countries, you like, because they, they don't advertise that kind of stuff? Correct. So that's why it was so bad? Okay. Yeah. Um, even more fun, the researcher from the 2005 study found some shady slip of the lip from the FDA. So what had happened was Big Pharma got approval to say that these chemical imbalance hypotheses were real enough. The companies used phrases like depression, quote, may be due to a serotonin deficiency and that their drugs, quote, modestly outcompleted the placebo, which meant that depression could be, quote, presumed to be linked to a potential of serotonin, serotoninogenic activity. Cool. Yeah, so those slimy Don Drapers <laughs> got that through. And that's what it took to get antidepressants into the mainstream media, into the zeitgeist of our time, and into medical textbooks, even though this hypothesis has never been officially proven. I'm sick. We all sick. I'm not well. Would you like an antidepressant? No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I, I'm set i guess because i don't know what it's doing for me maybe i do need a different one because maybe maybe this one's not even working for me do you feel good i mean yeah i mean before this did you feel good <laughs> yeah like it's how, working yeah like how so. do they know if you guys want like want to dive into that at all or answer that question like do you just go and you're like yeah everything feels fine like um, is there any way to know that like those chemical imbalances are balanced well and my i will say like when i remember when i got put on mine was an anti-anxiety medicine i was i speak very candidly about it because i like the way i feel now okay Mm -hmm. um i really i think i've always been anxious and very anxious person i don't come i i don't think people would guess that i am because i'm very like uh extroverted well that word just floated out of my head very extroverted and i try like i'm cool with being the like let's go team like come on Mm -hmm. but I noticed it was really bad when I started a job as a waitress, like, and a hostess. And, like, I was not anxious. Like, I knew when the people walked to the door, because like, I was taking someone's order, when someone came to the order to be seat to be sat, and it was only me, I knew they were fine. But, like, 
my heart and my brain would be like, you have to go help them right now. Like, but mm-hmm. like just thoughts racing. And I'm like, okay, this is not healthy. This is like stressing me out. Like stupid stuff was stressing mm-hmm. me out. And like, I, that's when I started to realize like, okay, I need assistance. Well, when I got on the medicine, it does take like, a, they say it takes like a month to like really feel anything. And I, mine was very like slow, slow things that I noticed. Like I noticed I wasn't like gripping the steering wheel as hard and like, I realized, mm-hmm. like, I was just, like, a calmer person. Do I still clench my jaw 24-7? Absolutely. But, like, I think that's just me as a human. But I don't know. I think I was never told, oh, you have a chemical imbalance, and that's why this happens. It was more like I expressed my thoughts and my feelings, and then they told me I should get on this medication if I would like to. Same. It was never, like, we're going to measure you for yeah. serotonin levels. Mm-hmm. Um, who's surprised? I'm an anxious person. But my doctor <laughs> was like, you know, this – it could be a chemical imbalance. This tends to help a lot of people. Okay. But again, they're not testing you. You're just going back every six months and being like, how do you feel? Good? Okay. Like shit? Nope. Okay. Next medicine. Let's try again. Because they'll tell you the first one may not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second one may not work. Yeah. I, I think most people are very lucky if it's like me. I was, I took one. Well, they, they offered me Xanax and I was like, um, no, from what I, the research that I've done on that, I, I did ask for a daily medication and Xanax is not a daily medication. Um, it's just not. So I was like, I'm going to return. No, I will not be picking up that prescription. They're like, oh, okay, we'll try something else. And I was like, uh huh. <laughs> I told you the exact medicine that like my mom takes and that I've heard and I would like to try first. And what, how did we get to Xanax? Oh, that's so weird. From, from A to Xanax. I, I don't know how we got there, but... Antidepressants. From yeah. A to Xanax. From, You're going to like the way you feel. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. That was it. But yes, I think it was a slow process, but like... I mean... Yeah. I don't... I don't feel good. I don't... I feel weird. <laughs> Again, in the 2005 study by Lacasse and Leo, they found an interview with a doctor who said, quote... So the reason I like this quote is they actually go into details about, like, why doctors are saying what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And this doctor said, again, we don't know how the medications actually work in the brain. I'll often say something like, the way Zoloft works is it increases the level of your serotonin in your brain or synapses, neurons, et cetera. And presumably, that's the reason you're depressed or anxious, is that you have some sort of deficiency. And I say that, haha, <laughs> insert thing with literally chuckles um not because i really believe it because i know the evidence really isn't there for us to understand the mechanism i say that because patients want to know something and they want to know that we as physicians have some basic understanding of what we're doing when prescribing medications they certainly don't want to know that a psychiatrist essentially has no idea how these medications work yeah chug that dp uh-huh. Dr. yeah Papa. it's downed i've downed it um Whoa! Okay. About here is where we pull our hair out and say, oh, "Escuchen, excuse mm-hmm. me." I know "escuchen" means listen, but it sounds like "excuse me." <laughs> um, so instead, research has proved more that genetics could be a factor. Also, difficult and isolated lives could be a factor. Who's surprised? COVID taught us that. Um, and in some people, medications do help. Again, please do not stop taking medications after listening to this episode. Cannot stress this enough. I am not a doctor. Do not just stop taking your medicines. Your body will go through withdrawal. Do oh, not yeah. do that. Sweet please Jesus. do not do that. If you would like to seriously get off your medicines, call your doctor. They will help you taper them down to properly stop. Please Even if don't. I were an MD and I said, 
stop taking it, which please do not cut that out and just use Sarah and say, stop taking it. Um, isolate that footage. Yeah. Like Morgan said, you should never just cold turkey stop those bad boys. I will say from not my own personal experience, but I was around someone who decided to do that kind of. Uh, was, yeah. Why? I have never seen the person more anxious in my entire life of knowing them than when they didn't have their medicine. Like, because they've just been on it so long. Like, your body was like, not only are you now doubly anxious, you're now, your body is literally going through withdrawal. I get sick. Like, if I miss it for a day, which my doctor's like, oh, how crazy, you're that sensitive. Okay. And I was like, ha ha, excuse me. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting factoid about Sarah? Yeah. No, I like feel dizzy. I feel off balance. I feel very oh, sick. Damn. Oh, wow. Shit, girl. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My my allergy medication affects me more than that, but you know, if I don't take my allergy pill, little sniffles. <laughs> They're real bad lately. They're real bad. That Claritin, oof, all right, oof, saves me. Lord help. Oof. Yes, what this research I think is more aimed at is that you should not think these antidepressant, anti-anxiety pills are magic. And if they don't work for you, you are not the issue. The message is the issue. We are all unique and so are our depressions. So the two things I want to end on. um, First, again, that suicide prevention hotline, 800-273-8255. Or you can text or call 988. Mm -hmm. And the phrase that got me through this research, fear no depression, trust no bitch. Hey. (laughs) Sarah. And that's my episode. Oh, my God. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. So, like, I will say also, like, just to kind of reiterate. Yeah. What is happening with my words today? (laughs) Just to reiterate. Also, it sounds like this this information is so new Mm -hmm. that maybe they're they're a little wrong, too. Maybe they're 100% right. I am more leaning towards the latter, but... There's, I want to see the, the flip side of this now. Now that this is out. Trying to bunk What it. are we doing about it? Like what, oh. like what? Yeah. Yeah. Is there going to be a this? shift in psychiatry? Yeah. Is there going to be another study? Like. I will happily partake in the study. Like, hi over here. I'm, whew, that makes me, my hands are sweaty. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely keep you guys updated if I see more like journal reviews come out. If someone can hopefully debunk this study. Um. But again, once I started realizing it was never actually proven, it was just common enough because of all those advertising moments, not moments, whatever, um, that it did make it into textbooks, Mm -hmm. which maybe one day I'll go down the whole, like, (laughs) our, um, our medical field in America, how that was set up. Yes. (laughs) Money, money, money. Woof, woof. Money, 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 money. Um. Yeah, again, they are not saying these meds don't work for anyone. They're saying, again, if they aren't working for you, it's not you. It's the medication. Like, you are a very, I don't want to say a special person, but I feel like that's such like a snowflake thing to say, like, you're special. But you are, like, every person is different. These medications mm-hmm. are not going to work for every person. You may have to try something else. Do not give up. and Do not think this pill is magic. No, and it's not one magic pill either. Mm-mm. Sadly, like you could try 40 and none of them are the right thing, maybe because medication just isn't it. There's lots of other solutions that are not in pill form. Well, even Jack and the Beanstalk, you can get one magic bean. <laughs> you can get a handful. 
<laughs> That's one way to look at it. That's where Sarah's brain goes. <laughs> Oi. I do want to say also, like, any feelings that you have of negative or not 100% positive are so valid. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't think, like, oh, like, not everyone is sad all the time. So mm-hmm. if you are sad all the time, you need to reach out. If you're sad more often than not, you should probably reach out. There's no shame in getting help. Nope. Nope. And again, this is not us like getting on someone. It's more three people who are very open about like their mental health. Yeah. And they want the best for everyone sincerely. Yes. Please want the same for yourself. I've been really thinking about this this whole episode because I just got my uh, refills. Like you have to go like a med check. That's Mm -hmm. what it's called. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm very comfortable with myself and who I am as a person, like when I know I'm not doing well or if I don't feel good or whatever. But please do take into consideration when like you go to talk to your doctor, like be open and honest with them. If Mm -hmm. they like now, you know, I've had my meds refilled for (laughs) three years now. So when they say, do you have any thoughts of harming yourself? How is, have you found displeasure in things that you normally like? I'm like, nope, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Really think about those questions. And if, like, be honest with yourself and answer them appropriately. That yeah. just really where my mind went because I feel like doctors sometimes just kind of roll through the through the steps. And sometimes, especially if you're a little bit scared to talk about that kind of stuff, just tell them you're thinking about it and you don't, like, maybe you just need some time to think about the answer. Don't just say, I'm fine when you're not. I know it's hard, but you do have to be your own best advocate. Yes. Mm-hmm. The doctor is not a mind reader. Nope. So if you liked this episode, hated it, if it made you more anxious, um, don't give us a one-star review. We're sorry. Yes. (laughs) Give us a bag of beans. Give us a five-star. Write a nice comment like, hey, Sarah, that was stressful, but thanks. Try try again. Yeah. The grunt work of... Guess what? I'll get the message and never do it again. We'll stick to happy stuff. Get yourself up and try again. Yeah. Try again. Try again. Maybe we didn't succeed, but we're going to get ourselves up and we're going to try again. Down nine times, you get up ten. Mm. <laughs> That's a Cardi B song. Hell yeah. Mm. 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 Nikki, Cardi. I got to get Megan in there somewhere. But yeah, um, yeah. please reach out to us on any of our social medias. Again, if this did stress you out, please let me know because I will <laughs> avoid these in the future. Um, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. Actually, I've definitely said it at least 116 times. Uh-huh. We are dancing monkeys. So <laughs> if you like it, cool. If not, just as cool advocate for yourself even with us <laughs> we you love can, it yeah you can find us on instagram you can find us on facebook i don't know why this is trailing uh tiktok any of the stuff sinister sunrise podcast that is us awesome yeah and with that ooh, or if you're local to st louis and you want us to do an ad for you oh. please reach out yes we support people supporting themselves and their business <laughs> and if you're a big pharma company Boo. <laughs> Don't email me. <laughs> Stay away. Not even spam gets past these folders. No. Uh-uh. Ooh. 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 On that, bye. Stay sinister. Bye. <laughs>